0: Episode of Francis and Friends by way of the chat room podcast. Shout out to everyone over there, Senator, Mayor, all my guys, uh Shook, happy belated birthday. Um all that. Um on today we got another episode, another good one today. We got uh Chris Joseph today joining us. How are you, brother?
1: good, man. Thanks for having me. You know, I appreciate you reaching out. And anytime I get a chance to come on here and just Spread whether it's spread knowledge, tell my story, you know, help inspire the youth, man. It's I'm always for it. So I appreciate you reaching out.
0: Appreciate it. Yeah, man. You're we'll we'll get into it, but you're you are you are definitely a legend. So we're, we're definitely gonna get into Appreciate it, that. Uh, yeah, yeah. But um, uh, <clears throat> kind of just jumping into it real quick. Like, have you been following NBA ball? Um, oh, yeah, no what, question. No what question. Has been, what has been something that's been like the most I don't want to say shocking, but the most like surprising thing so far with, with like well, we're, we're, we're one round in right now. So what's been the most surprising thing so far for you?
1: But I'd say man, after round one was was the Nets getting swept, you know, and I think that's I think I'm I'm, I'm far from the only one that was surprised by that. You know, honestly, I had the Celtics winning. Mm-hmm. I had them maybe going to maybe go in six or seven games, honestly, but they came with a game plan. They stuck to it. And that's the thing with those guys. You know, already, you know, you look at the team, they're a pretty good good team defensively. You got guys on the wing who can defend. Their interior is solid with Williams and um with Horford, you know what I mean? So, and then you got Marcus Martin, who's a dog, up there just, you know, causing havoc for everybody. You know what I mean? So, they their game plan, as you can see, was it was simple. Let anybody else on the Nets beat us besides KD and Kyrie, you know what I mean? So, uh, it was good to see them go out there with that plan and execute it. And, and make it a living hell for guys like KD. You know, we never seen KD shoot that bad over a stretch of four games
0: yeah. ever, maybe,
1: you know? so
0: it, it, It's crazy because at some point, it even looked like he didn't even, I don't want to say he did, didn't want to shoot because KD's a killer. So I, I didn't want to say he didn't want to shoot, but like there's times where like, you got two, three bodies on you. He like he was yeah. making the right basketball play, you know.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's almost like he was like, you know what? Let me just not even get the ball in this possession. Like, let me, He needed, you know, a break down there. It's tough to be able to, <laughs> to be able to, you know, score two, three guys every time.
0: Like every possession, he had Tatum on him, or he had Brown on him, or he had Marcus Smart pick him up and pesky Like Yeah, a different body on him, and he never like. Internet was making it seem like oh, Tatum him, shut him down, whatever. But he never saw one body, you know, at um, all. Never, at he never, all. He was always multiple body, multiple guys at like him. I will say, I was kind of disappointed in the way how Nash utilized his bigs, because I thought like, I thought Lamarcus Aldridge, I thought Blake, even Blake Griffin at the time he got, I thought those guys could have been factors that could have helped. Oh him. yeah, no doubt, no so, doubt. Rebounding and stuff like that. But um, that was one. Yeah, you thing.
1: could see, you see Blake came in and made it. You know, I want impact, you know, defensively hit threes, rebound. He's playing hard. So I'm not sure what the thought process was behind him not getting no time at all or Lamarcus not getting no time because I know for a fact they could have came in and and helped. You know, the thing with the Nets is early on in the year, I remember it was said that uh, Blake wasn't going to play at all. Like he was out the rotation. Then some injuries happened and he was in the rotation. So, you know, that's a testament to his professionalism, just staying ready. Uh, what his number was called?
0: Yeah, that's that's like, like I I was one of those guys who like I always feel that the best players in the playoffs will find a way to win. Nice. So I, was, I was one of those guys who I Boston was a better team. Um, I think they're a better coach, but I felt that KD and Kyrie would have found a way to will those guys to to the, the, the win. I didn't think they would have moved on to the second round because I thought Buck. I think I think Bucks are. The best team in the East still, but um, I thought for sure they would be they would, they would be together the first round. Um, another surprise for me was actually Dallas, like the way how Dallas kind of competed without Luca being there.
1: Yeah, shout out to Jalen Brunson. I didn't I know he was like that.
0: Out, <laughs> he came out had the the forty piece like they they, they they're doing they they did Luca didn't play three games. And I think Tim Hardaway Jr. is still not there.
1: Yeah, still not there.
0: So so like and like. Mind you, Utah has a, like, Utah that doesn't have Inglis, uh, who's, like, a big loss for yeah. them. Yeah, yeah. So, like, that's that's something as well. But but they still have enough. They still got
1: Clarkson off the bed. They still have They have some bodies. And that's, yeah. that's another story. I'm not sure what it is about the Jazz that just can't, they can't get over the hump year after year. And you think about Conley, who's a, you know, I, you know, very, very good point guard, very solid. You got your elite scorer on the wing. And then you got an inside presence, you know, especially defensively, your defensive anchor go Gobert, but they still have, you know, they struggle, man. And it's, I wonder, you know, that's a big question mark for me, what's going to happen this offseason for them.
0: I think the biggest thing that I see, and that, like, you read in the media and stuff, but, like, your, your two best players don't have to be best friends. Yeah. They don't have to be best friends, but, like, there has to be some level of, like, We'll do this together, kind of thing. You know, like, Kobe yeah, no Kobe, doubt. Obi and Shaq weren't best friends, you know, like they right. Shaq shacked us all the time. But they weren't best friends, but at the end of the day, they respect each other to know that this guy's going to handle his business and you know, I'm going to handle mm-hmm. my business. And I think, I don't know what it is between them, but like, you can clearly see that like they, they just, they're just not on the same page, you know, and when you're, yeah. when your leaders are not on the same page, it's tough to kind of follow with that, you know, so like, oh, yeah, they, yeah no doubt. So, like, I'm not sure what they're going to do off season, but like, they got to do something because this is what three years in a row where they've lost. Yeah. where they probably shouldn't have lost. Like, I don't know. Like, the Tim Hardaway thing, him being gone is huge. But, like, when you don't have Luca for three games and you go and you end up being down one, uh, in, 2 1. 2 1. Yeah. Those three games that Luca's not playing. Like, I don't know, man. That's. Yeah. Yeah. They got to yeah, do something. No, no question. I'm not sure if it's a coach or what it is, but they got to do something. They got to do something. If some change is
1: going to be made 100%. You know, and then you know, I don't, I don't, you know, I'm a Lakers fan, so it hurt me to see them guys go, go through what they went through. Um, no matter who's on the Lakers every year, I root for the Lakers to win. That's you know, out after the Bulls, it was the Lakers when Kobe came in. Um, that's what I was introduced to basketball, you know what I mean? But to see them go through what they were going through this year, um, the injuries, but not even sub 500, that was crazy to see.
0: Seen, you got, you got like. The the hardest thing for me was you got Braun playing at MVP level and it still wasn't enough. You know, still like wasn't that, enough. That that's the thing that that kind of messed with me. I'm like, all right, if Braun was playing subpar, you know, and AD was hurt and Westbrook, would, I don't know what it was. He was just, he was in his own way this year, but. If if all those things were going on, and I could say, you know what, it's just one of those one of those things where like we're just not built good enough, you know. But yeah. Bron, like he like if Lakers were a eighth, a, a seventh or 60 I think Bron would have got MVP, you know, just just his numbers and and like what he was doing. Like he he dropped a sixty one point game this year, mm-hmm. and, you know, like he he was he was on a different level this year, and it still wasn't enough. And 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 he played almost 70% of the games this year. So it's not like he only played like 50% of the games. Exactly, He was in a lot of games. No, he was out there.
1: He was out there. He was trying to will them, you know what I'm saying? Will them to victory. And you think, you know, guys get hurt, guys not healthy. But Brown was out there and he did what he was supposed to do, man. Got to respect sure. it. Yeah,
0: for sure, for sure, for sure. But, yeah, let's just transition a little bit. We'll, we'll, we'll kind of jump into your story a little bit. Um, Canadian kid growing up in Montreal. Um what were some of your like earliest influences and intro- introductions to the game of basketball? My brother,
1: Maurice Joseph, now uh, assistant coach at Richmond University in the A-10, fresh mm-hmm. off of uh, NCAA appearance and all that. So shout out to him. But as a young kid, you know, being a, uh, the younger brother, just hanging on his coattail, mm-hmm. being annoying, following him to the court, wherever he was going. I just, you know, whether it was me going or my mom forcing me to go out or forcing him to take me with him, you know what I mean? That's what it was and uh you know we found ourselves playing on trash cans in school yards and schoolyards and because we had no hoops up going and sneaking into people's backyards and playing on their hoops till they came out and said like who you kids like get out of here you know what I mean so <laughs> some people were nice enough to let us keep hooping you know what I mean but so earliest like I, I was about I guess probably like six, between six and seven years I'd say probably six seven years old and then um it was my brother, man. Like he's the one like NBA on NBC. He put me onto the bulls. So I'm, I remember vividly watching the jazz and the bull series finals that comes Kobe. you know what I mean? So he's the one that put me onto the game and the one who I give the most credit to when it comes to, you know, getting, getting as far as I did because I had the blueprint right in front of me. So yeah. growing up in Montreal, especially, you know, um, Like any other inner city, you know, it has its pros and cons. And, um, you know, like I said, I had the blueprint right in front of me in the same room. We shared the same room, bunk beds, all that. So him being able to do what he did in Montreal, playing at uh, Champlain, then going to Michigan State, Vermont. Like, I seen these things, so I I knew that it was real. Like, it it was right in front of me. So I I couldn't make excuses, you know what I mean? So growing up in Montreal, had its... uh, difficulties you know what I mean but because of him I was able to find a way find a way you know straight and narrow and and just find a way
0: oh dope. so like <clears throat> you went from, you from uh, Montreal and then you ended up in Washington at uh archbishop
1: yes archbishop. yes Archbishop Carroll so I was playing in Montreal and around the age of 15 man I probably was like six four or so 6364, had a good skill set, um, and I just felt like, damn, I need to get out of Montreal. This when I was 14, 15 years old, and I remember telling my mom, like, mommy, like, I'm trying to get out of here. You know what I mean? Like, I can't stay in Montreal. There's influences that, you know, are outside of basketball that, you know, are out there and, you know, peer pressures or whatever it was, but also, like, the biggest thing was I felt like, I wasn't going to excel on a basketball court playing against the competition I was playing against. Granted, we had a few guys from my era go play D1 ball, but overall it just wasn't like a Toronto or somewhere else where basketball is really the focal point. You know what I mean? So um, at the age of 15, I told my mom, I want to leave. There was a guy by the name of uh, Henry Wong who we used to work out with, who had connections with a lot of these like prep schools in the States because he, um, Used to 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 coach like a travel team and a and a, a city team and made his connections, you know. Mm. And he told me one one summer, so sort the of summer before I actually left to go to DC, he was saying like, you know, maybe you should maybe I could make a call for you. I'm like, please do, you know. I need to get out of here. And he made that call. I had to go on a visit. I um, was so 16 years old. And you know, they basically want me to go play summer league with this, with the with the team, just a couple games probably weekend. You know, they gotta see what's going on, you know, because they were gonna offer me a scholarship to go there for two years. And it's they don't have no film on me. They're going all off a of word of mouth. Like, you know what I mean? So I had to go there and really show and prove. Like, listen, I deserve this scholarship. You guys give me because I went to a, it was a private Catholic school. Tuition was crazy, you know what I mean. <laughs> so I had to go there and really make some noise in that summer, those two summer league games. And by that time, I was six six, probably you know, six seven, like I am today. And they're thinking I'm a big man, but I'm like, nah. He's like I, I play on the wing. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I, my influences were you know Paul Pierce, T Mac. Vince Carter, yeah. Carmelo, of course, you know what I mean? So I kind of had a, a, a gumbo pot, like just mixed up, take bits and pieces from everybody and include it into my own little game that I had already. So, you know, they liked what they saw. And uh, they told me that, yeah, definitely. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, <laughs> like Definitely. Yeah. yeah. I'll see you in the fall. You know what I mean? <laughs> and then, and, you know, and, and, and at that time, you know, I'm not I'm not I'm thinking I'm so happy they finally get out of Montreal, but I'm not thinking about it at the time. Like me leaving literally means me leaving. I'm not going for a tournament and coming back. I'm gone. I have to do two years in D.C., mm-hmm. but we have to take it one year at a time. Like, right? So that was tough. You know, leaving the crib at 16 years old, leaving my mom, my friends, you know, brothers, sisters, whatever it was, you know, um, I look at my nephews now, you know, about to turn 15. Some of them just turned, got past past 16. I'm like, yo, you guys, are some, you guys are babies, you know what I mean? So shout out to my mom for really, you know, trusting, you. trusting me and trusting my vision. Yeah, yeah, You know what I mean? Like i saying, okay, if this is what you want to do, then go ahead and do it. But basically, you better not come back home. If you're going to do this, like do it right. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, it was tough, man, but I knew I was on a mission. You know, literally, I was like, I got to go here, you know, um, get my scholarships, go D1. Like, I had a vision, Mm -hmm. and I just really did everything in my power to make that dream reality. Like, it sounds cliche, Mm -hmm. but this was really every day, like, I used to wake up and be like, yo, I got to make this happen. Because I'm not going back to Montreal. I'm not going to see Jep. CIS, like, I didn't want to do that at all. Nothing against the CGIP and CIS guys, but I just knew that I didn't want that for myself. So, So, you know, yeah, so...
0: Kind of going forward, like, you kind of mentioned it, but, like, you're there playing at Carroll um, and then, like, your recruitment process ended up going... You end up getting a full ride to Syracuse. So so talk talk to me about, like, how that process went from playing at Carroll and then your recruitment, like, the first time you kind of met Jim, Jim Beheim, the legend. Yeah,
1: you know, yeah. And, yeah. Series and all that stuff. So I get to, to D.C. and I'm a junior. So I'm like, I get to D.C. So I have two years left. My first, uh, I think, so there's like there was a summer league and then there's like a league still going on, like right before, like, probably like a, there's, it's called the Kinner League. It plays at Georgetown. Okay, okay. So now we're playing in the Kinner League right before school starts and... Um, I'm going crazy, you know what I mean? Like, because I'm still out here just trying to prove myself, prove to my teammates, because you know what it is, a Canadian going to America right. back then Especially was back not then, really, yeah. yeah, it wasn't really like, they're like, who's this Canadian? You live well, in, in actually, an igloo, dude, like, who's this? Igloo, yeah. What, there's Black people in Canada I didn't yeah. know. So, like, I really want to, I want to say, like, I started a real, a real pipeline, like, even That's through f- Montreal specifically, because I had kids from Montreal going to Carol like crazy, but even, like, the... Corey and Tristan Cabongo yep. going to, you know, St. Pat and all those going to Jersey, going to yeah, Texas, you know, Vegas to play all those places. And so anyway, uh, my first my first taste at recruitment and seeing how it goes is all of a sudden after the League, um, you know, I get a letter from Georgetown. You know, I'm like, OK, that makes sense, I guess, because, you know, we're playing right there on the MNDC. So it's like, OK, they're showing some interest. Then Gonzaga came, literally came to the school. I'm like, how did Gonzaga hear about me? Like, yeah. But, you know, between Gonzaga and Montreal, there was a little pipeline as well because we had a guy named Pierre-Marie Altidor Cespedes who went from Montreal to, to uh, Gonzaga. Okay, So they came, recruited me. Um, and then, boom, so it was Georgetown letter. Gonzaga came to visit. Next thing you know, I got West Virginia coming to practice, um, Pittsburgh, and now all the schools in D.C., and things are getting crazy now i'm like man, this is you know like the like the movies where you got the letters full of letters like interest letters and you got the shoebox full and you just <laughs> sifting through them seeing what all the all the schools that are recruiting you and it's nuts because people don't really understand when i used to say like man i'm from montreal like this doesn't happen every day out here like, yeah. maybe for you guys you guys are more accustomed to seeing
0: yeah.
1: seeing that like this is still fresh for me like i remember seeing my my brother receive letters at the crib in Montreal, like, at school, like NC State, and Virginia, Virginia Tech. I'm like, damn, these schools really want my brother like this. That's, that's why I watch these guys on Tuesday nights, like ACC games and all that. So for me to be able to go and and, and be living that myself and not just damn living, like looking at my brother like this is crazy. I was I was living it. And so, it, you know, the letters kept coming. But Syracuse was my dream school, right? Clemson was actually the first school to offer me a scholarship and they were like, we're the first team to offer you a scholarship. So you, you know, you should probably commit to us, like almost put the pressure on me.
0: And yeah. I'm
1: like, man, I I know I'm new to this, but that don't sound right. Yeah, <laughs> You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> that don't sound right, like. and so I called my brother up right away, like, hey, um, they're telling me that they, since they're the first ones to offer him a scholarship, I got to commit, he started bust out laughing, like, hell no, nah. you know what I mean, like, that's just something that they they try to pull a fast one, I'm like, okay, cool, like, I because I felt bad, like, let me just, I got to get back to you, um, what well, Syracuse was my dream school, like, dream school, because I love mellow mm-hmm. and I was following him since Oak Hill, and then, you know, I used to catch the the, the, the George, I mean, sorry, the, the, the Georgetown Syracuse games and, the you game. know, just seeing, just seeing the dome like, damn, like there's 35, 30,000 people here. Like and I used to see arenas for sure, like a whole 3,000, 4,000, which was huge. Mm-hmm. But I'm thinking, damn, imagine I could play in thirty in front of 30,000 people. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's next level. So Syracuse always been my dream school. Only thing I hated was the color. Like orange was not <laughs> a favorite color of mine. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, um,
0: so you, so you finally got that, that letter, uh, to Syracuse. Um, I guess, I, I guess I want to ask like, once you got that Syracuse, there, do you know you were going there or like, did you have like a top five? Did you, did you take your visits? Like, what was that like?
1: Honestly, I didn't take no visits, man. Like, it's crazy how I even got put on to Syracuse. Well, I visited unofficial, all the schools. I went to Maryland, I went to Georgetown. I used to play pickup with those guys, Pat Ewing Jr., Jeff Green. I used to play pickup with them when I was in high school. was still in high school. But like, I wouldn't call those official visits. Like, they didn't whine and dine me. It was just like, here's tickets to a game. You know what I mean? Like, that vibe. And then um, the way I got, the way Syracuse found out about me, right? Well, for one, I, I knew that I would like I like I said I had my picks because you know I was going I did well we're playing in the WCAC who has you know we're playing against the math at St John's so I'm playing against McDonald's All Americans and like and, and and you know young Victor Oladipo young Quinn Cook like young Josh Shelby all these guys like you know what I mean some some McDonald's All Americans and I was waiting on I was waiting on uh, on Syracuse and the reason why Syracuse even contacted. And I told my high school coach, Mr. Perot, I'm like, man, look, listen, I, all these schools are cool, but, like, I'm waiting for Syracuse. So I know these schools are calling. I mean, don't straight up tell them that I'm waiting on Syracuse, but I want you to know, like, that's what I'm really waiting for. And I didn't put no thought – I didn't know. I had to think about depth charts and who's still going to be there. Like, I'm thinking in my head, I'm going to Syracuse, and that's it. But – um, so I, we play against a team named Bishop Ironton. And at the time, the assistant coach of that team – which I, didn't, I had no I had no clue, was a Syracuse alum, former McDonald's All-American, went to Syracuse for his name, um, Adrian Autry. Okay. And he's the assistant coach right there, right now, like the associate uh, assistant or whatever it is, associate head coach. So I played Bishop Arrington that game. I just so happened to, you know, have a triple-double, right? So he, and it's crazy because he ended up coaching me at Syracuse my third year. So anyway, so he, so he called... Um, the one who recruited me, Coach Rob Murphy, like, hey, Murph, you know, I fit the Syracuse mole, six, seven, long arms, athletic. Yeah. They're thinking this fits the said zone.
0: Yeah. fit that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so
1: he's saying, yeah, yeah I, you know, I fit the I fit the mole. So that's how Syracuse came on the radar, which is crazy that a Syracuse alum, it was just everything happened the way it was never supposed known. to. Yeah, it's crazy. That's crazy. You never, never know. know. You never, never know. know. Um, all right, so that's so, how Syracuse came on the radar, man. And then uh, I knew, like to answer your question, circling all the way back, I knew that when Syracuse called that I was going there. You know what I mean? And if I, have to, so, if I have to transfer at some point, then I'll transfer. But I'm stepping foot on a Syracuse campus and putting on that gear because that's what I told myself at 13, 12, or whatever it was, years old. You know what I mean? Dope,
0: man. That's dope. That's dope. All right. So freshman year. You're at Syracuse. Uh, Y'all end up making a run all the way to the Sweet 16. Crazy, crazy run. Um, You guys end up playing Oklahoma, Sweet 16, Blake Griffin, and them. Yep,
1: we played a young uh, James Harden, I feel like, in the first round. We played Arizona State. and we ended up losing to Blake Griffin. Uh, We we played them in the second round, matter of fact. But we ended up losing to Sweet 16, to Blake Griffin, and them. Crazy athlete. That that guy right there, he was special.
0: Yeah, he nuts. So talk so so kind of talk to people about like that first year your freshman year at, at Syracuse like playing at the Carrier Dome yeah being there with Jim Beheim I'm 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 assuming that y'all had alumni coming to games yeah all stuff,
1: Derek like, Coleman John Wallace you know yeah. like yeah big time um so my first year I knew that there was gonna be some time. For, for for playing time like there was some room for playing time but I knew we had guys like Paul Harris ahead of me who he was really supposed to go out of high school but they changed the rule the year that he could have you know been eligible to go out of high school out of high school he was supposed to be a lock for like lottery pick you know what I mean but uh so we had him you know we had guys like this guy named Christophe Odronat he was from Belgium but you know they had guys in front of me, so I knew I had my work cut out for me. I knew Paul was going to take the bulk of the minutes at the three, mm-hmm. um, but you know, it's it's thanks to me. had we had Johnny Flynn. You know yeah. what I mean? Like he was a dog. You Crazy. know what I mean? Like Crazy. oh my goodness,
0: was nuts, man. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, my goodness, my goodness. So we had <laughs> some guys there that I could learn from, mm-hmm. and I knew that it was going to be you know up and down year for me. Like some games, like. I knew the Coach trusted me enough to throw me in the rotation. Had like one time we lost uh, Eric Devendorf to it for a couple of games. He was suspended a couple of games. One time Paul Harris was injured. I, I started against South South Florida. I want to say um, early on in, in my freshman year we played in a tournament um, again, and then we end up playing Florida and Kansas in that tournament. And I played well against Florida. I had Dickie V calling me a diaper dandy and all that. Like, that's the stuff you dream about. Yeah, and I knew sure. I was like, I'm like, damn, I'm a diaper dandy. Like, I'm not a diaper dandy, <laughs> but Dicky V stands if, like, if, okay. If, if,
0: if, you know, if like. Dick Bateau's saying that, man, you you made it. That's
1: it. Yeah, you know, question. So that was cool. Um, But then, you know, but we came, went into the Big East play. Now we're playing UConn, Pittsburgh, Georgetown. You know yeah. what I'm saying? DePaul. Villanova, you know what I mean? Like it's the thick, it's the thick of the Big East, and I, I was getting some DMPs. I was getting, um, I don't, don't want to say down on myself, but just trying to figure it out. Like, what could I do to play? Um, and it was really nothing I could do. Like he, Bay, Coach Behan goes seventy-six. That seventh guy is like, yeah, you know what, <laughs> what I mean. So you know, if you don't, if you're not within that rotation, that six-seven man rotation, you're not playing too much minutes. I had to learn that. Um, and then there was a time, there was a point in time where I thought that maybe I should transfer. You know what I mean? Like maybe I could go, you know, do this somewhere else. Um, so that first year was was tough. And at the end of that first year, you know, we have our exit meetings and Coach Behan had told me, he was like straight up, he told me, he said, Chris, for you to be any good here, you're gonna have to be able to run and shoot the ball. And right now you're too fat for your position. Mm-hmm. And you're not shooting the ball well enough. You're shooting under 30% or whatever it was. You're not going to, like, you won't play here if this is what it's going to be. So I knew I could take that one or two ways, feel disrespected and pout and do whatever, or get you to work. Blueprint. He's giving me the blueprint. He just told me this is what I need to do to play. Yeah. All right, but I don't even, so that summer, I know we're transitioning. You maybe want to ask me prior how the second year ended up going. Yeah, yeah, I'm, exactly I'm going to go ahead and beat you too. Right,
0: that's fine, that's fine.
1: I'm flowing. I'm rolling right now. So, you know, my so that summer between my freshman and my sophomore year, you know, I ended that freshman year at like 235, 236. I came back sophomore year, um, 205, 206. You know what I mean? So I didn't go home that summer, put myself on a strict diet, of cardio. Just doing what i had to do mm-hmm. um and i came back and coach beham had no idea because he's gone team usa in the summer yeah, yeah, all this yeah. stuff right and so basically it's always someone that's vouching for me so to get to syracuse the assistant coach from bishop irrington called coach murphy and that's how i ended up getting my Syracuse radar so now yeah, yeah. in the summer between my freshman and sophomore year hakeem warwick comes back to campus Crazy. you know what i mean and uh, we're playing pickup at this gym. Not even at the We're playing pickup off campus. You know what I mean? But we're all there hooping. And at this point, like now, all summer in my head is Coach Mayhamp told me I need to be able to run, push be on. athletic, and shoot and shoot the ball. <laughs> so when when Hakeem Ward came there already, that gives you an extra, you know, like damn, like this is the dude that blocked, you know, game winning yeah. block to win the 0-3 yeah. championship. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that was a huge play. Like this is Hakeem <laughs> Ward. So. You get up for stuff like that. We play a pickup, but we're taking that serious. And man, let me tell you, I ain't missed too many shots. I had a couple crazy dunks. Like I'm just going, you know, now I'm, I'm feeling myself. I'm slim. i jumped him. I got a 42 <laughs> inch vert now. Oh, that's it's going crazy. So uh, he ends up telling Coach Beheim, you know, that, hey, be, be outside of, you know, between everybody that was playing, Chris Joseph looked the best out there. So now of course Coach Behem is going to be and Coach Behem just really was like, really? Like surprised. Like, you know, because I mean? he hasn't been around. Been around, yeah. And so, yeah, and so when he said that, it put something in Coach Beharm's head, like, okay, if Keem Warwick is saying that, it would be one thing if it was the coach who recruited me, trying to vouch and try to push me. But this he is someone who, you know, an been alum, there. super alum, been there, and it's like Chris was, was the one out there looking the best. Right. And this is all stories that I hear after the fact. But um, so going into the season, you know, coach is gonna give me give me a fair chance. You know what I mean? I'm showing that I made the improvements or the adjustments that he wanted me to make. Mm-hmm. And I end up this is my sophomore year coming off the bench, which was expected because we had we had Wesley Johnson, we had yeah. Rick Jackson, we had you know Andy Routins so and Ramsey on the year. That
0: year or was Deion there? The no, that,
1: the next year is when we got Deion. Deion. You know, we had some dogs. All four of my years were were really good, but you know, so I ended up being a sixth man, and I I flourished in that role. You know, I ended up being third on the team in scoring behind Wes and Andy. Um, got Biggie sixth man of the year. Yeah. So that was that was big time for me, like being able to be one of the guys. Like, you know what I mean? Like now, now I'm really feeling myself. Now I'm feeling like I'm in, I'm I'm in, I'm in it, right? Like, college yeah. basketball is really, you know, before the game, the cameras focused on you, like little things that you see on yeah. TV. Like I was living again.
0: You feel like you, uh, you definitely belong there, you know?
1: Exactly. I belong and always reverting back to, damn, I can't believe I'm here because I'm from Montreal. You know what yeah. I mean? Like it was always like every game was surreal. All
0: right. So that year you guys end up making it to, Swiss, to Sweet 16 again, I believe. Yeah. Sweet 16 again. And you guys. Say, um, yeah. And you guys, you, you you guys, you guys end up end up playing um Butler. We lost Butler to Butler. Born in Haywood and uh Yeah, and Shelf and Shelf and Mack. Mack. yeah. Yeah. Mack. yeah, yeah. So that year Crazy.
1: That that year was tough because we lost our big man, Orenzo Nwaku, in the Big East tournament against Georgetown. Mm. And if you know Renzo Nwaku, he was like leading the country in field goal percentage, probably like shooting 70-something percent. Couldn't shoot free throws too well, but you get it down there, he's 6'9", 260. You know what I mean? It looks like the Hulk, damn near. No no funny. And then, like, so that was our guy, our anchor. You know what I mean? And when he went down, um, I had to start, you know, which I was coming off the bench, and any kid would love to start, but I was so used to that coming off the bench role. Like, it was a different vibe. We were starting, I think, like we were playing a, a, a freshman who wasn't ready at all to be playing Mm-hmm. Um, and that's my guy, you know what I'm saying? Deshante Riley, but he wasn't mm-hmm. ready to be playing and, and and those games, fill those shoes. You know what I mean? Like now we're, now we're this postseason, like you yeah, haven't yeah. been, you got you had 20 DMPs and now it's like go ahead and play in the, the tournament. Come on, that's crazy. <laughs> um, so that was so that was tough, man. That was yeah. that was, I mean, between that team and my senior year team, like right, those were two times where I felt like we should have made national championship appearances. Well, well,
0: um, well, and well, both well, times,
1: our big men were the ones who, you know, weren't able to participate. We'll, well,
0: well, we'll definitely get to your senior year because... Yeah, no doubt. I was, a, I, was a, I was a big year, but the the next year, um, you guys ended up playing Marquette. Give me yeah. Butler, yeah. Uh, Jake, uh, Junior. Junior. Junior yeah, 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 yeah. So, like, talk about kind of that experience playing another kind yeah, of... Man. In the tournament, you know, even but that was always playing. big.
1: Yeah. That was always big. You know, I know junior since I used to do junior nationals at Humber College in Toronto, and um, you know, I so I've known of him, and I always we always followed each other's careers closely. Yeah, you know what I mean. So when he went to Marquette, I was happy for him, and and all that. When he when he hurt his his Achilles, you know, so we always we always were real close, and being able to play him, it was a mutual love. But at the end of the day, I'm trying to rip your head off I I at the same you. time. Yes, you know what I mean? So it was like, I want you to do well, but I don't want you to win. And that's how the feeling yeah. was mutually, you know, yeah. and, and that year we had a good year too. Uh, we had a good team. I, I believe that every year, except my, I was probably, I think we were number one in the country every year besides like my freshman year, but even then we're top 10 at some point.
0: Yeah. But,
1: um, you know, we got Dion waiters, CJ fear, Bible cicada, fat mellow came in.
0: CJ was. Uh,
1: yes. Yeah, yep. Yep. Very yeah. sneaky, lefty, sneaky bounce. Um, we weren't supposed to lose that game. We kind of beat ourselves. There was a couple, couple, yeah. a couple of controversial calls. There was a yeah. backcourt. You know what I mean? I gave up a three on the zone. They would say I gave it up, but I was just, you know, the rotation. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, but losing to them. And the thing is, is why we have success in the tournament is because teams back then, now teams are a lot more equipped to play against the zone. I mean,
0: yeah. But
1: um, back then, teams weren't seeing the zone like ours. And as much as you think you could scout for it,
0: no, you can't. That can't. length it's, is tough, man. Cause yeah, cause it's hard really to recreate
1: that, length, that. when you're really when you're really doing tough, it against your scout team and it's your walk-ons and you got five, ten up top, six, two in the back. It's not yeah, what yeah, recreates the same. zone yeah, at all. Same. But Marquette and Buzz, yeah. they were they were, they know it. Ready, you know what really I mean? Ready. And they were ready. And you know, they 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 put their best foot forward and they got us that that game, man. So that was yeah. tough.
0: Uh, so yeah, next year you guys got you guys play Ohio State. So we'll kind of just jump right to it. Your senior year, mm-hmm. you guys get all the way to Final Four. You got to end up playing another Canadian, Nick Stauskas, Tim Hardaway Jr. No, that was that was
1: that's not my year. That's the year yeah. after me. Oh, you were there. My there. year. No, no. So my so senior to year is
0: oh was, was, was to Ohio, Ohio State in the Elite
1: Okay, Ohio State. So my senior year, and it was cool. So back being my junior and senior years, what was cool is now I'm the guy. I'm the focal point of a scout report. I led the team in scoring both those years. Mm. And again, reverting back to me being from Montreal and me being the star on an elite basketball program that's number one in the country. Like it's it's wild. Yeah. Um, yeah. But so our senior year, we have a really good team, mm. um, and going into the postseason. Uh, God bless the dead, we lose our our big man, Fat Melo. Fat
0: Melo, yeah.
1: Right? So we lose him to some compliance, like plagiarism dang. stuff or whatever the case is. And that's like, dang, like he had already missed a few games during the year mm-hmm. for that. Came back, They hit him with it again right before the, I think right before Big East tournament. You know what I mean? And that was like, man, like that was a blow because he was Big East defensive player of the year.
0: And then you and, you, know? and then you got up against Jared Sullinger.
1: Jared Selinger. So if we have Jared Selinger in the middle, if we have him going against Jared yep, in the middle, it's different. We had yeah. Raheem Christmas, again, a not fully equipped freshman mm-hmm. who was a McDonald's All-American, mind you. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's what kids need to understand. Not because you're a McDonald's and you're this down in high school that that's going to translate all the time to the collegiate <laughs> level. Not every time, not everywhere you go, you're going to play just because. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? There's some places and some coaches that really make you earn your keep and make you earn everything that you get. And that's what they gotta understand. Like, there's nothing sweet about college basketball. If you're not ready, you're not ready. And Coach Beheim is not on that. Like, he's if you're not ready, if you can't win in basketball games, you're not playing. So, we play uh, Ohio State. You know, the crazy thing is, is you know, Jared Fab and I all get drafted to the Celtics, man. So that was crazy. You know, a lot of trash talking for the first few weeks. You yeah, know what I mean damn near didn't even when I seen he got drafted and I got drafted to the same team I'm like damn for real. I just got I just lost to this dude three months ago, hey, two hey, months hey, ago yeah. in the tournament, and now I got played. <laughs> so you know that was crazy. But yeah, no, nah, another team where we were number one in the country, Scoop Jardine, Brandon Trish, myself, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Whoever CJ, Fab Melo, Dion Wade is off the bench. Come on crazy, now. Crazy, you know, crazy crazy. crazy, crazy, crazy year, but you know, we fell short. Elite eight, yeah. right.
0: All right, so you kind of touched on it, but um, the following year, you kind of get drafted. So like, before, like, so after your, your year is done and before the draft, like, what's your draft process like? Like, did you work out mm-hmm. for a lot of teams? Were you traveling Man. a lot? Like, like, what, like, what was that like for you?
1: Man, it was crazy. So, um, graduation was in May. Like, two days after graduation, got on a flight, packed my, as much as I could and flew to Atlanta because my agent at the time was based out of Atlanta. So that's where I went to start my pre-draft workouts. Right. So this is all still very, you know, new to me. It's dope. Like I'm like, yo, this is really like, I'm really doing a pre-draft. Like I'm going somewhere to work out, to prepare for, it. you know, so I go to Atlanta and I'm there for about a week uh, working out with this guy named Rodney Hurd. No, not Rodney Hurd. Is it Rodney Hurd? The last name, we call him herd. I don't know his first name, I forget now, but he was who the, the appointed workout guy for uh my agency at the time. Okay, okay, So we're working out in Atlanta, Georgia Tech, wherever we could get run at, playing, pick up, you know, individual like two, two workouts a day, um, plus weights and all that, just getting ready. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then uh the way it works is like your agent is like, all right, you got workouts coming up my first i can't remember who my first workout was honestly i thought i would never forget you know but i just know my last my last workout was miami i can't remember what my first one was but it was a, but i worked out if there's 30 teams in the league i might have worked out for had to be between 20 and 22 teams that's crazy. That's, that's crazy you know i had and i had more schedule, but throughout that process i had like damn near i was about to like, it was, I don't know, it was a sports hernia. it was forming, like, so, like, I had to slow it down, and I was going through these workouts like that, you know what I mean, and I was still, you know, I was doing well, but the process is insane, you're flying from city to city, you know, forgetting what room you're on, because last night you were in 502, today you're on the seventh floor, but you're thinking you're still at the other spot, yeah, yeah. so everything is happening fast, everything's happening fast, you know what I'm saying, and, um, you know, the mm-hmm. workouts is the real, it's real. Apparently yeah. it's very different now mm-hmm. teams, you know, they want to see you shoot a little bit more, just see your skill work. Could you shoot the ball? Okay. Yeah. You know, back then we were competing like three right. on three full court, two on two, one-on-one on one full court, right. you know, like it would be drills. Uh, I seen this drill a lot where you're at the end of a workout, you know, basically six guys normally three on three for the most part. And, uh, mm-hmm. You know, you got to get five stops before you can get out the workout. At the end of a workout, now you got to stop all five guys it's coming full, like from half court. You stay at the three; they're coming at you in transition. Got to get five stops. Ah, it was crazy. Guys just fouling. It's crazy. Really Damn. going at it. Um, yeah, when well, you're, you you're, you're, you're
0: competing for jobs for opportunity. Yeah,
1: yeah, no yeah. question. And the things that you see, which which is which, I never knew was you know. Not to say aloud, but I didn't think what happened was you see guys start to pull out of workouts, right? So if I'm supposed to go match up against you, but you're supposed to be a top 15 pick, and now I'm anywhere between 25 in the first round and anywhere in the second, you don't want to work out against me because...
0: Lower your stock.
1: Exactly. You know what time it is. And guys knew <laughs> from just, just new from Syracuse from whatever, you know, certain certain guys, you know, I won't say, say names, but yeah. a lot of guys dropped out of workouts, you know okay. what I mean? <laughs> they were ducking. They were ducking. They were ducking. Man. They were ducking. But no, it's a, it's, a, it's a hell of an experience. You know, uh, obviously, I was able to meet Pat Riley. Super dope. That was my last workout. Of, of, of my, I had more scheduled, um, but I had to cut cut. Him. I had to stop because my sports little hernia or whatever that was was going crazy. But I was able to meet Pat Riley. I was able to meet the GOAT. Now, when I say the GOAT, I'm sure we're on the same page when we say the GOAT is MJ, right? Definitely, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. All right. All right. All right. Cool. Okay. You're with me. Okay. That's where we're from. Yeah. All right. So, you know, I was able to meet him when we worked out and uh, when I worked out for for, for Charlotte. yeah. You know what I mean? And I remember my man, Kemba, was there still with them at the time. And Kemba, yeah. we knew each other from Yukon, Syracuse. And it was just dope seeing so many guys. Like, I seen Jimmy when I worked out for the, for the Bulls. And obviously, we knew each other from Syracuse, Marquette. Like, so just getting that love from them guys and, like, you know, them telling me little things, like, oh, you'll be straight. Like, you know what I mean? It was was really cool, really dope experience. 20 to 22 teams, city, city, room service, everywhere. You know what I mean? Just grinding, leaving. Like, it's crazy because, you know, you might be on the road for literally two weeks straight and now you just got your duffel bag or your suitcase you're buying clothes because there's no laundry you're leaving yeah. stuff at the hotel like
0: it's it's really hectic
1: That's you crazy. know what i mean like it's crazy <laughs> man but it, it's a it was a dope experience i was able to live
0: all right so pre-draft happens talk to me about draft day like where were you like they, they, yeah what was that experience like you, you're going second to boston what pick number yep. 50, 51 Austin. Awesome. Like, talk to me about your draft day.
1: Back in Montreal. Um, last work, I was with the Heat. Now I'm back. So draft, probably June 26th, 25th, whatever it was, 24th. I was home maybe two days, uh, two three days before the actual draft. So you know, I had to go holler at my barber back then. My main barber, you know, made sure I had to make sure I was, was cool yeah. because my family, my brother was flying in from Vermont because he was a grad assistant there. Okay, And, you know, Vermont's right there, you know, from, to Montreal. So it wasn't too far. Um, my sisters, my mom, all of my family had planned for me to just be at the crib and watch the draft as, you know, friends and family. Yeah. And it was about, you know, it was a good... A good amount of people, probably like 30 people uh, in the crib, maybe a little more. Uh, you know, I watched the draft years and years because I had guys in the draft. Like I said, Johnny, West. like I always watched the draft. Obviously, you know, and you never while you're watching the draft, you're doing a lot of stuff in between and you're not noticing how long an NBA draft actually is until you're in it. And I'm waiting for my name. And my my whole thing was I knew that Miami had to really like me during their workout. And they had the 20-something pick in the first round. Mm-hmm. And then Detroit really liked me, and they had two uh, picks in the second round. So, first round go by. I'm just waiting. I see Dion get picked up fourth by the Cavs. I'm like, that's what's up. Hit him up, yo. Congrats. Ooh. Draft going, 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 going. I'm really waiting for the 25th pick for Miami. Really, in my head, I know if there's a chance for me to go in the first, that's you want. it's going to be Miami. I see Fab Melo get picked. I'm like, oh, that's my dog. Fab, that's what's up, bro. Boom. Miami go come and go. Damn. All right. So what's next? Second round. Okay. I know I got two joints in in, in the second round with Detroit. First, I think they draft um, not Kimmy. She must have been the second. So whatever, anyway, their first pick, or whether whether it was the first or second pick, Detroit had in the second round. You know they drafted Chris Middleton. So when I heard Chris, I'm hype. I'm like, oh yeah, <laughs> going to Detroit, but it was like Chris Middleton from. Literally, I'm like, damn, they didn't they, do they, dirty. You know what I mean? Shout out to Chris Middleton, man. We had some battles, man. But um, uh, so I'm like, damn. So where am I gonna go? Like now, I don't know nothing. And that, at that point, like, this is the my first workout. Matter of fact, was for the Golden State Warriors. I just remember right now. Yeah, my fault. That just it was gonna kill me if I didn't remember. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, there you go. Um, so I'm like, damn, where am I gonna go? I'm hit my agent, or my agent hit me, and he's like, Don't worry, you'll get drafted, bro. Like, trust me. The word around the league, trust me, bro, you'll get drafted. I'm like, all right, cool. So I'm trying to stay, I'm trying to stay calm because you know 60 picks, we're at like 30 something, 38, 39. So now there's 20 something, 20 to 21 picks left. and, my mom's over there looking like, okay, what's going on? And everyone's still having a good time, you know, drinking, doing whatever we were doing. And I'm like, I don't know. You know, I don't know. So now we're in the, 40th, in the 40s. And I'm like, oh, this is crazy. Now we get to the 50th pick. And I'm like, I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Now
1: we're 10 picks away and I'm still, my name still hasn't been called. I don't know. And, you know, something that I see happen very often is, Guys throw themselves draft parties, and they ain't even know what, like, and then you don't get drafted. That's a sick feeling. Yeah. I mean, everybody's there, and they're like, the only successful, I mean, maybe there's been more, but it's like the Fred and Fleet. You know, I've seen a clip of him telling everybody it's okay. I'll make it. And Yep, and that was dope. Uh, I I really respected that. Like, I love to see that. So between the 50 and the 51st pick, it was a commercial break. And my agent hit me and said, Boston has the next pick, and they're going to pick you with their 51st pick, bro. And I'm like, man, talk about a weight off your shoulder. Yeah, yeah. Like, just stress off your mind. And I was trying to keep my cool because I want everybody to enjoy the moment. We and I want to hear it, too, on the TV. Like, yeah, I don't yeah. want to just say, hey, look, everybody, I'm getting drafted yeah. next. Mm-hmm. So, boom, Silver come on the screen because, remember, he used to call out at that point. He was doing the second rounds. Yeah, you know okay. what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. So silver, it was it was stern for the first, and silver. silver for the second. So boom, with the 51st pick of the NBA 2012 NBA draft, the Boston Celtics select Chris Joseph from Syracuse. You know, I got jumped on. It started going crazy. <laughs> Everybody, I'm on the couch. About 15 people on me. I can't breathe. Yeah. I'm like, yo, this is nuts. <laughs> um, but like, you know, I I have two kids. I have my daughter and I have my son. There's no, nothing that that beats that moment, you know, becoming a father for the first and second time. But, like, at the time before, like, before my kids, that was the, I mean, the best thing that ever happened to me. Like, the best moment of my life was, you know, um, getting to carry my name called. You know, you, I think about, again, being from Montreal, I'm in the house where it all kind of started, you know, Going to the, you know, I'm in the neighborhood where I grew up at watching the draft where I watched countless drafts. You know what I mean? So definitely full circle. And um, man, amazing, amazing, amazing feeling. You know what I mean? Like definitely tears of joy flowing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, my mom started acting up, giving everybody shots. You know what I mean? And I'm like, oh mama, you're going, you acting different. You know, what yeah. you're Giving everybody shots. She want to take a shot. I'm like, this is what I this is this is everybody in here. These are the people who I did it for. You know what I mean? Like that gave me my mom. You know, let me go to DC. She could have said no. She trusted me and go went to DC. My brother gave me the blueprint. My sisters were there, supported me. Friends, family, everybody. It was dope, man. Like super dope. And so after the hoorah and all that stuff, I remember Fab called me. He, he I remember never forget Fab wrote me a message. He said, Yo, with like a hundred O's. Yo, <laughs> you know what I mean? And I'm like, I say, yo, that's crazy. I say, yo, yeah, so it was wild. You know, like I'm back with my dog. You know what I mean? Um, but then I get on the phone. So basically, like it's crazy how fast things happen. Boom, I'm getting a text message from somebody asking me what jersey number I want. I've done had me a couple of drinks. I'm like, what numbers are available? And you know, this is Boston, so it's like 76, 75, yeah, yeah, yeah. all the weird numbers. I'm like, damn. All right, I'll just take 43. Like, I, I said, all right, I'll take 43, man. That's the only normal-looking number out of all the other drinks that you guys got. Like,
0: damn that's you crazy. What I
1: mean? Yeah, they got they got they got a bunch of jerseys up there, man. Yeah, happy. they got a bunch of jerseys retired, man. So it's like, damn, you know, that's that's wild. So, um, then you know, I get a call from Doc Rivers. You know, and that was surreal because it's like, God, like this is this is my reality. Like, I just was watching you coach a few months ago. You know, yeah. when I was in school. Now I'm on the phone with Doc Rivers. You know, he's congratulating me telling me to enjoy the night, you know, and that's that's why I love Doc, because he's a player's coach. Like he knows what it is. You just got drafted. He, could, he probably could hear it in my voice that I had a few. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like so he's like, you know what? Go ahead and enjoy this moment with your friends and your family. And, you know, well, I'll see you in Boston in like two days or whatever it was for the press conference. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so, you know, then I'm on the phone with somebody else. Okay, who do you want to bring? I need passport, I need date of birth. Uh, I'm like, damn. so obviously I bring my mom to Boston with me. Yeah. Uh, you know, a couple of days later, we fly to Boston, stay in the same room, you know what I mean? Every time, so so, I'm gonna rewind real quick, Like, right? Anytime that I went anywhere with my mom, I'm the last of four. You know what I mean? Like me and my mom are like this. So even when I went on my official visit to Syracuse, Syracuse to um, Montreal is only a four hour drive. So she drove up, met me there, you know, and they were like, Do you want a separate room? Because, you know, sometimes school visits, they can go a certain way. Maybe you want your little privacy. But I'm like, Nah, my mom is here. Let her it give, give us two doubles or whatever it is. We're staying in the same room. Like I, me and my mom are staying in the same room. Now shout out to Mom Dukes. Um, but yeah, we get there, we go to the press conference. Now I meet Danny Ainge. You know what I'm saying? All the guys, obviously, Jared is there. Um, Doc, I'm like, man, I'm just looking at the history. Like, you know, we, it was it was insane, man. Just In the just being there. yeah, yeah. That's
0: that's crazy. Super cool. good. All right, so kind of just kind of reach the end of everything, but I I kind of just want to ask a a little fun question right now. Um, yeah. So you've 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 been at Syracuse, played with a bunch of really really talented people over at Syracuse like on the actual roster and then you kind of touched on kind of playing summer league games with like Hakeem Wara being in the gym, whatever, whatever, whatever. I guess my, my, my question to kind of wrap things up for you would be like uh you plus any four pl- players that you ever played with, you need a, a, a squad of five you ever played with, you got, you need a squad of five. Who, who's your five. So you, so, so me you, plus you, four. You, yeah. You, you plus four, you plus four. So I could go
1: league or Syracuse, or you want to do a league and a Syracuse? Oh, okay, league or Syracuse. league and Syracuse. Okay. Yeah, whatever you want. Yo, honestly, my one or, or, has. Or to.
0: If it's if it's easier, you could do a league and a Syracuse, or you could just do five. It don't matter. Whatever okay, you want. Okay, nah.
1: Okay, let me think. So if I'm going <laughs> Cuse, if I'm going Qs, man, I'm definitely going Johnny Flynn at my one. At
0: the one, okay.
1: Thousand percent, Dion is at my two. The dog, yeah, I'm at the three Wesley Johnson at the four,
0: yeah,
1: he was there too, yeah. Um, and then Orenzio and the walk got, Oh, no, nah. well, I didn't play with Hakeem, but I did play with him, at, you know, so I yes. might have to go, I, I hack at the, yeah, can, hack at the five
0: bad. long ass arms, fuck. killer, that's killer, <laughs> yeah,
1: that's a killer right there. That's that, that's a killer five. If I'm going to Man, I'm going to be honest. I'm going to Rondo at my one. Okay. I'm putting myself at the two. Man. All right. Boom. Joe Johnson Johnson at the three. Super Joe. bucket. Iso Joe. Crazy. Incredible. Cage. You know, nah, that's crazy. Hold <laughs> on, let me see. Let me, let me rewind. So, I'm going to go... Paul Pierce at the three. Okay. Right, I'm going to go. So Iso Joe at the four.
0: And KG at the five? And KG at the five. That's, that's, that's crazy. You got small ball. Small crazy. ball. Small ball. The small way it's played today, way. like Jay Crowder's, Jay Crowder's a
1: four. You know, oh, yeah. man. But look, Paul Pierce, like, it's crazy. We used to play one-on-one before every practice. You know, I learned so much from them vets. Mm-hmm. By the time I got to Boston, of course, like, KG was in year like, whatever it was at the time, 15, perhaps, yeah. Paul Pierce around the same thing. But them guys put in, they showed me such a level of professionalism that I carried with me from the time I got to Boston till the day, like on, off the court, how you present yourself, your brand, whatever it may be, like they showed me that. And just, you know, people, myself included, looking at Paul Pierce's body, like you're like, oh, this guy looks sloppy. Like, you don't work out. Facts. All wrong. He's the first guy in the gym He's in the weight room. He's getting his work in before practice because he doesn't get as many reps during because, you know, he's low yeah. management in a certain sense in practice. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like he's not going to do all the reps, but he's getting his work in every day, like clockwork. And it's just, that must just be his routine. he has been doing it for so yeah. long. So whether it's because he's doing it because mentally this is what he thinks makes him operate at optimal, you know, level mm-hmm. or, you know, that's just what he wants to do. But either way, he was in the gym every day. And what I love about Boston, man, when you go into the weight room, there was a big sign on like the, on the wall in the weight room, big print that said, what hurts more, the pain of hard work or the pain of regret? You know what I mean? And, you know, you're in, so you're like, damn, like you're right. Like, that's crazy. Yeah. Get these extra reps in like, you know, let me, <laughs> let me not, you know, sometimes it's easy. There's no one around. You got to do, three sets of 10, maybe the last one you'll go like eight. But you see that joint, you're like, let me do 12. Like, let me go. <laughs> like, <laughs> so, yeah, man, them guys KG the same way. Every day gets his work in, Like, clockwork, working on his little shimmy fade, working on his spots. Nothing too crazy but just knowing yourself as a player and going to those spots. And, you know, this is where I get my shots from in the game. He's working on picking pops right here. Boom. Come on, Kev. Come on, Kev. Going crazy, talking to himself. Like, man, that's what you... They showed me that. They showed me that, man. So that was dope. But yeah, those are my, those are my two fives, my Q five and my and my league five. League five, as dope. Both, man. That's dope, both, man. both,
0: both, real good fives, man. Um, but yeah, man, we kind of reached the end of everything. I want to say, man, I appreciate you jumping on here with me, telling your story, talking about your journey. Uh, it's really, really dope, man. To have, to have guys who have kind of paved the way, you know, like. I'm from Toronto, and, like, my OG is, like, Javon Shepard, you know, seeing him. Right, shout out to Jay you know, you know. Shep, man. Jay Shep, yeah. You know, and, like, I'm pretty sure he's at, he's with, is he, is he, is he he's, he's still with Yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah, Ottawa, yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yep. so yeah, so shout out to, like, so shout out big to him, because like, he's, like, my OG, right? So, like, yep. seeing guys who, who kind of came before and paving the way, going to go play biggies, like, big, uh big conferences, big schools, big programs, yep. big tournaments, you know, all that stuff and then making it to the league and kind of telling their story, you know, like there's people who do that are very, very few and far in between. And I want to make sure I tell you, thank you for, for jumping on and joining with me. No, I appreciate, no, I
1: appreciate you. you, man. Like if there's a part two, like that we could do at any point, you know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm here. Uh, I, I love talking basketball. As you can see, I got stories. I got knowledge, man. Like, I appreciate you reaching out. Yeah. And like, it was a no brainer for me. Like I said, you know, being able to come out here and just talk basketball is easy.
0: No, no, nah, dope. Like, I actually have uh, Tyler Ennis coming on soon, so I'm a I'm a shout out to
1: T Ennis and I remember you know a quick <laughs> little story we were, we were we were doing so this is a year where Canada basketball didn't qualify for anything this is a young T Ennis and um, we were, but he was trying to figure out where he wanted to go to school at and you know it, you know his pops is really you know involved yeah. with yeah. you know everything that's going on but we were in at the Air Canada Center doing our Canada basketball stuff and he was like you know. How was Syracuse? I'm like, yo, you got to come to the there? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I won't say that I pushed him to go to Syracuse, but i tell you what, I definitely said all the right things. Man, he did yeah. go there. He made his Put mark. Bad,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. This
1: he got it. there and he did what he had to do. And he got drafted. And a shout out to Tom Evans <laughs> for to a lot of adversity. Yeah. And the way way he's bounced back from all the adversity that he's been through. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I'm going
0: to pick his mind. Oh, yeah. No doubt. <laughs> for sure. no doubt. Sure. But um, but yeah, this is the end of the podcast. Um we got another episode coming up again. We appreciate Chris Joseph coming out and joining us. Uh, you can find any of our stuff, any of our information can be on the chat room podcast, Instagram at the dot chat room pod. Um, and yeah, man, just look out for a bunch of cool stuff we got going on. Uh appreciate Chris for coming on and joining us. Uh we had Anthony come on before, we got Tyler coming on. We got oh, going yeah. Out. A lot of the guys were kind of, kind of, kind of in there. So y'all look out, you know, and appreciate you. We out.
1: No, man. Appreciate you. Be safe.
0: Be safe, man.